Today isn't just a feast day, it's a solemnity. It's the solemnity of St. Joseph. I have had a great devotion to St. Joseph for quite a while, but the days that the church usually talks about St. Joseph don't seem to fit very well with the UT academic schedule. We hear about Joseph on the fourth Sunday of Advent in cycle A, but I think the only person here at Mass who was here for that um, Mass back then when I preached on St. Joseph is John. Everybody else was home for Christmas break. And this feast day of St. Joseph, the Solemnity, falls on March 19th, which is usually during spring break. And we will hear about Joseph again on May 1st, which falls during finals week. Devotion to St. Joseph in the Universal Church seems to have peaked in the 19th century. And since then, it has tapered off a bit. I seem to think that as St. Joseph inadvertently moves to the sidelines in our church, it seems to be reloaded, it seems to be related to a, an inadvertent movement of trying to put other things in our daily life to the side, things that we claim aren't part of the life of holiness. And I think we need to really try to reclaim St. Joseph so that we can reclaim those parts of our ordinary life as parts of the life of holiness. I brought this icon, which I love today. This is by Sister Richard Marin of the Sisters of St. Joseph. And it shows a young masculine Joseph here as he sleeps, holding the sleeping baby Jesus in his hands. A man who is engaged in the world, a man who is sacrificing. And you'll notice also that he is young in this piece of art. There is a stream of tradition within the church based on a book written in the second century that claimed that St. Joseph was 90 years old when he engaged the 14-year-old Mary. And it seems to be sort of a thing that we trot out from time to time when we're trying to come up with um, a way to explain how Joseph was devoted to his wife and celibate. But um, probably Joseph was a young man when he was engaged to Mary and still was able to be devoted and celibate. Today we will concentrate on Joseph and Jesus as tectons. That is the Greek word that can be translated as craftsman, or perhaps a carpenter, or woodworker, or builder. Last night, there was a penance service at Sacred Heart Cathedral, and is the tradition here in this diocese. The priests who help out at these penance services are not paid a stipend. Instead, the host parish treats them to dinner. And it was Sacred Heart, so we knew that we would be at Aubrey's. They don't even call us at this point. We just know that we'll be going to Aubrey's beforehand. And at one point during the conversation at dinner, things sort of slowed down. There wasn't much going on. And so a couple of priests started to tell some fairly lame jokes. And then I decided to take a crack at it, a joke that I think is really funny that's been making the circuits the last two years. It goes like this. So a Higgs boson particle walks into a church, and the priest says, What are you doing here, you? You think you're Mr. God particle? You can't come in here. And the Higgs boson says to the priest, Father, you have to let me in. Without me, you can't have Mass.
Well, I'm glad some of you are laughing today because last night there was dead silence. Nobody comprehended the joke. Father Charlie tells me that since I've arrived here at Blessed John 23rd Parish, there's been an upswing in the number of engineering students who come here to Mass, somehow encouraged to hear that a former engineer is now involved in the priesthood. But even so, there's still a sense in our church that people who are into religion aren't very practical people. St. Joseph tells us that is not the case. He was a tecton, which can be translated as carpenter, skilled workman, or even as a mechanic. Joseph was probably the guy in the neighborhood who could fix your appliances with a little duct tape, some rubber bands, and a roll of aluminum foil. Hey, he even provided for his young wife and son in Egypt, where he presumably didn't speak the language. Jesus was also a tecton, and so probably was similarly practical. Joseph reminds us that faith is not just the realm for people who are bad at math or don't know how to mix cement. Anyone can have faith, and Joseph sure needed it. He had to trust that his fiance was faithful. He had to trust when the Lord asked him to uproot his family and take them to Egypt and then to take them on to Nazareth. He had to trust that he was actually suited to raise God's son, God himself, by his own wits. As I've said before, there is nothing in the Torah about how to be the stepfather of God. In our second reading today, Paul calls Abraham the father of many nations and said that his faithfulness was credited to him as righteousness. Such a description also applies to Joseph, the father of many nations. He's the patron saint for at least 11 countries, as well as being a patron saint for all kinds of other people, including the universal church. Also, Joseph was faithful, and it was credited to him as righteousness. 151 years ago today, the founder of the Paulists, Father Isaac Hecker, gave his most famous sermon, and it was on St. Joseph. Hecker pointed out that in our time, it is in the markets, the workshops, and our homes that we must strive to introduce sanctity. And it is in those places, the places we work, the places we live, that there is no better role model than St. Joseph.